0: Thank you so much. That was awesome. Hey, how are you guys doing this morning? Good, good. Everybody's awake? Everybody's good? Dawn's hot. She's burning up. Uh, thermostat man, please, quickly. Um, hey, uh, I am so glad to be here today. Uh, I am so thankful for this opportunity that Pastor Dan gave me to be here. Uh, no college here, so if I mess up, they don't know. Uh, Dan's not here, so if I mess up, he doesn't know, so here is the deal, if you all don't uh, I'm excited for this opportunity. So if he asks if I did a good job, just please tell him yes. Um, hopefully he's not watching the stream online. If he, if he you know, is, well, we'll just, we'll just deal with this later. But if he asks if I did okay, just say yes, and here's what I have to negotiate with. We have rotations uh, in the kids area that I can take you off of. Um, so just, just think about that, all right? So if he asks, you say yes, he did a great job. You should let him do that again. Okay, so everybody's good now. Um, I, am so, I am so grateful to be here, and am so thankful to, to be here at Calvary. Uh, our family has really enjoyed being here, uh, serving with a great staff with Pastor Dan, and Pastor Joe, and Pastor Kevin, and that youth guy we just hired. Uh, oh, Daniel, Daniel, yeah, Daniel, and it's just, man, it's just great, uh, but we, we are so thankful uh, to be here, and uh, it's been a great five months, it's been a busy five months, but we are so excited about what God Um, is doing here, and we are so, so grateful to be here and be a part of Calvary. Um, So we're just going to jump in today, and I started thinking about, man, what should we talk about today? What does God have for us today? It's kind of where we are, because we're coming off of Christmas, and we're getting ready to go into New Year, and you know, we look around after Christmas, and we just see all around us, we just see debris, right, of stuff everywhere. Maybe if you have a real tree, you know, the needles are starting to fall off, or the lights are going out of course if the lights go out on the tree we would never cry about that right if that were to happen we'd never cry about that um, nobody would do that leah nobody would ever do that um, but you know so maybe you have that going on or whatever and, but you get done with christmas and there's just wrapping paper and there's boxes and there's stuff everywhere uh we we had christmas uh with my mom at my sister's house and you know you finish up and there's just stuff everywhere and the kids are nowhere to be found to help we had Christmas at my in-laws house and stuff is just piled everywhere and you just look around and you realize with all the build-up and with everything that it's over just like that right and it's so easy it's so easy to get just wrapped up see what I did there it's just so easy to get wrapped up in all that and we and we we can almost lose uh, the real meaning of what everything is, because we're left with the paper shreds, we're left with credit card receipts, those are going to be coming in soon, right? And so you see all that, and it's so easy to go, man, what? Is this it? Is this, is this all that's left? Uh, we get lost in the noise, we get lost in presence, we get lost in traditions and people, and we even get lost in comparisons. You know, we go onto Facebook, like, you know, we, if you, I, you might not, this might not be you, but for a lot of us, we have our phones, Right? And so even on Christmas, the first thing we do is we pull out our phones, and we start scrolling through, and we start looking at how our Christmas compared to everybody else's Christmas. And we start looking at this, and man, one of the biggest ways that we, the biggest traps I think we fall into is this comparison game at that, at that point. Because we go on Twitter, we go on Facebook, we go on Instagram, and we look at all this stuff and we go, man, that Christmas was pretty awesome mine looks pretty lame compared to theirs, right? And so we're scrolling through, and we, we see this, and man, this comparison game can just lead us to think crazy, crazy thoughts like, um, did I do good enough? Did I get my kids enough? Did I get them the right thing this year? And then we, you know, we also look and we go, man, why does that family look so perfect and so happy all the time? You know, because really, more than like, if we were really real here today at Calvary, um, just us, right, just us here today, we go, you know what, that really makes me sick, right? I can't stand that. Why is it always so perfect? I'd like to walk that perfect smile just right off their face, right? So we, that's, that's real. I know you guys aren't going to say that you really feel that way, but that's what you really feel. I read your mind. You're welcome. So, um, you know, we feel that way, and we go, man, what, 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 is, what is going on with this? Just came off of this. Um, we see all this, and we go, you know, here's the deal. Um, we compare a lot of times we compare ourselves at our worst to other people at their best We compare ourselves at our worst to other people at their best And you got to realize man whenever you're taking those pictures and you're doing this most of the time right those pictures are super staged Okay, I'm just I'm just just speaking for my family here. Um, my sister-in-law is here She she stages pictures like crazy, you know, you don't know have sears when you go and you have to turn your head sideways or Owen Mills, right, you do this and like you put your leg up and you turn like this on that thing, right, we have to do all that kind of stuff, right, and you have to get the angles right, and man, our students are up front, and their selfie games are strong, right if you don't know what selfies are, right, you hold the camera up like this, and you take your picture and you do it over and over and over and over and over and over again until you get one that's good enough to post, am I right, Colby's taking one right now he literally just took a selfie. If he pulls out the selfie stick, I'll know we've gone way too far and I've lost control, right? But you do this, so you really do have selfie sticks now so you can get a great angle because it takes off like a lot of pounds, right? If you hold it this certain way. And so I have it on good authority from a student that she would take, and it's like, she, she like went after these locks, man, on Instagram, on Facebook. She said, she told me that she would take 100 pictures to get one that was postable, right? But we get get so tied up, right, and we look online, and we see this kind of stuff, and we think, man, I I just can't live up to what they're doing. But we leave Christmas, we leave these comparisons, we look at all this kind of stuff, we look at our lack of perfection at Christmas, and then we've got New Year's staring us right in the face, right? And you know what goes along with New Year's, and just everybody say, what are they? Not football games. (laughs) That's not my point. I should have given you my notes. It is, it's resolutions, right? New Year's resolutions. We have those things staring us in the face. And so I was thinking about this. Man, I mean, we're just getting over Christmas, and and maybe you think, man, I had a great Christmas, or maybe you think, man, mine wasn't that great. The rain was really horrible, or I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't give what I should. My heart wasn't in the right place. I didn't watch a Christmas story enough times. You know, whatever it is, and you start going, man, New Year's is right here. Well, another thing that we see, I've seen on social media a ton, and again, our students might know this more than some of our adults here, but you see this hashtag. Now, we could do a whole sermon about hashtags and how to properly use hashtags. I'm not going to get into that today. I would love to, especially because of some of the people that are here. Um, just kidding. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, hashtags. And I saw this one hashtag. I've seen it all the time. And it's this hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. And here's how I've seen this hashtag used, right? So, uh, You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys see this, right? So you're scrolling and you see, man, like it would be us, like this guy who works out all the time. And you can tell he's just buff and he's huge. He's got ripping biceps. And some guy goes, hashtag goals, right? Like that's what I want to be like. Or you see some girl and she's got the prettiest hair and another girl goes, hashtag goals, right? This is what I want to be like. For some of you parents out there, it might be a clean room for one of your kids and you type hashtag goals, right? And it's something that's probably never, ever going to happen. But you see this all the time, and you see this comparison game, and, and you look at this, and we go, you know what? We're leaving Christmas. We're coming into New Year's. I'm hit with this. Man, I'm like, like, what, what am I think, like, what am I supposed to do with all of this? What, how am I supposed to fix all the things with my goals that I failed at last year and the previous year? And, like, even today, Kevin introduced the Bible plan. You know, we talked about the Bible plan, and you go... Man, you know, I'd love to start that. I've tried it a million times, but I'm going to fail. Hashtag goals. Maybe I'll do that this year. Uh, But Christmas has shown us, if nothing else, Christmas has shown us that all things are possible with God. So as we're looking at the new year, and we're looking at this year staring us in the face, and we feel like all the ways we failed in the last year, what are we supposed to do this week with this brand new year to staring us in the face? What are we supposed to do with that? What if, though, today, what if we change the way we looked at our goals this year. And what if we started looking at things the way that God sees things? You know, coming off of Christmas and, and, and Dan's messages leading up to this, uh, the story of Christmas is the story of a miracle. The story of Christmas is the story of a miracle, and it is the story that God has a plan. You know, it's also the story that what the world says is impossible or what the world says is impractical or the world says that there's no way. The Bible tells us that there's always a way. With God. So that's what we're going to jump in and look today. If you want to look in your Bibles, we are going to be in Luke, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, starting verse 30. So Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Starting right before the, the, the Christmas story that we're also familiar with in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am still a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived the son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren verse 37 for nothing will be impossible with god and mary said behold i'm a servant of the lord let it be so to me according to your word and the angel departed from her so today what i want us to look at is this is the reality that christmas itself the story of christmas changes our reality it changes what's possible Luke 137 that we just read should change our reality, should change the way we look at what God wants to do in our lives. It should change the way we look at the lives of what we touch, and it should change the way we view what God wants to do in our church. Let's pray real quick before we jump in. God, we're so thankful to be here. God, we're so thankful for your word. God, I love this passage of scripture. Thank you for this opportunity to be here today, God. Thank you for the folks that, that are here, the ones that aren't here, that are traveling, God. Uh, just just be with them as well. But God, we just pray this morning in these few minutes as we look into your word and what this means to us as we leave Christmas and we head into the new year, God, that you will just just work in our hearts and lives. God, that you'll just stir up areas in our life that that have maybe grown, just maybe an area that's grown cold or or God, where we've lost the, the fact that with you all things are possible. God, just stir in our hearts and our minds for what you'd have for us today and as we go into the coming year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love that verse 37, right? Verse 37, that nothing will be impossible with God. Because that phrase changes things. That phrase is a game changer. It should change our hashtag goals, right? As we start looking at things and we go, man, this is, this is something I would love to achieve. This is something that I'd love to see possible. This 137, Luke 137, makes the impossible possible. And that's the thing I want us to think about today, that nothing will be impossible. And here's the first thing I want us to look at. Nothing will be impossible in our relationship with God. Nothing will be impossible in our relationship with God. So Gabriel comes to Mary and, um, and tells Mary that God is planning to do something that's humanly impossible, right? That, that she is not married yet, and she's getting ready to have a baby. And she says, how can this be? I, I'm, I'm a virgin. How is this possible, right? And so her logic, her brain, the way that, the way that we're wired, we go, this is not possible. All human logic would agree that this is not possible. A virgin cannot give birth to a child. This, there's no way that this was going to happen. But this is exactly what happened. And this is part of the miracle of Christmas because God made the impossible possible. And here's what's so cool about God. When God speaks about doing something that sounds absurd, it's no longer absurd. It's reality. So when God talks about doing something absurd, it's no longer absurd. It's then reality, right? If, if, if God told Joshua to go march around Jericho and the walls will come down. It sounds crazy, but it's no longer crazy because God said so, right? And we see that all through scripture where God says to do something. It seems crazy or it seems impractical or it seems like there's no way this doesn't make any sense. It seems like one of those things, what are people gonna say if I do this? But the cool thing is that when God speaks of doing the impossible, it's possible. It's no longer impossible. And for Mary, that was the situation with her. She was a normal teenage girl, right? getting ready to be engaged. She was engaged to Joseph, going to be married to Joseph. Just a normal, ordinary teenage girl with a normal, ordinary life. And her life was being turned upside down. It was being rocked, and it would never, ever be the same. And she was used to do the extraordinary, really, I think just really because of a couple of reasons. You know, really, she, she sought God. She was a seeker. She was faithful. But then whenever God explained to her what he was about to do, she was obedient she was obedient to God. And here's the thing. She was just in a place where God could use her. She was in a place where God could use her. And so as we go into this new year, I mean, I just, I just really want to challenge you. Man, I just want us to pray that we would take our relationship to God to new levels, that we would take it to a place that's never been before, that we would let God so work in our hearts and life that we would be so in tune to him, that we'd be walking step and step with him each and every day, so that when he speaks to us, through his word as we're going through the bible plan or in your daily quiet time or you're in your small group or wherever it is and if god speaks to you right your heart is in the right place and you know it's him and you know that my job is to be obedient to whatever he's telling us to do so my first prayer our, my first hashtag goal for you this year and for me this year is that we're walking so close to god that we're walking so close to god that whatever it is that he wants us to do that we're right there and we're ready to do it and we're ready to say yes because Mary was, even though it was a crazy, crazy thing. Here's the next thing I want to look at. Nothing will be impossible with God. You know, as we think about our relationship with God and we think about all the things that God wants to do, man, we, we talked about this phrase that nothing will be impossible with God. The game changer in this sentence is these two, these two words. These two words, right? And husbands, right, we know the importance of two words, right? We know, like, if we're asked if, if she looks good in this, Two words can make a huge difference, right? That was a joke, right? You, could, you can really mess it up with two words, right? And so these two words change everything in this scripture. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And You know, I, I want to ask this question, and I was, I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this message, and I, I asked myself this question. When was the last time that God did the impossible in my life? When was the last time that God did the impossible in my life? And, um, man, you know, I, I think about that, and, and you go, when was the last time that God said something to me that was, that was so real? I knew it was him, and it was one of those situations where it scared me to death because I knew it was something bigger than I could do on my own. You know, I think God still does those things. God still wants to do those things. God still wants to use us in that way. So whatever it is this year for you, whatever is that hashtag goal for you this year, it's relationships or accomplishments or whatever it is, um, you know, we see these things, and, and a lot of times we look at these things and we see somebody being used of God, and we go, man, that is awesome. That is so cool. I wish, I wish God would use me that way, right? And, and while we can't look at anybody and we go, you know, I, I want to be just like Kevin because Kevin sings, but you can't sing, well, more than likely, that's not going to be the way God uses you, right? I mean, we've all seen it happen before, right? But more than likely, that's not going to be the way that God is going to use you. But God does have a, a, a plan for your life, but God has a way that he wants to use you. And here's the thing, are we going to be used that way? Because so many times, so many times we quickly acknowledge that God can do whatever he wants. Man, God, you're awesome, you're amazing, you can do whatever you want, you're, you're omniscient, you're, you're all-powerful, you can do anything but we, we add this safety clause there, but I don't I don't think he's gonna do that in my life. I, I don't I don't think God is gonna use me that way. Like God God would never God would never wanna do that with me, right? It's it's great that there's it's great there's missionaries serving overseas, but God, God would never want to do me, do that with me. It's 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 great that we have people going into Montgomery Village and, and, and doing a soccer ministry, but God would never want to do that with me. Get ready, drummer. It's great that God has all these kids here, right? That we've got hundred, hundreds of kids here, but God would never want to use me in, in kid stuff. Or God would never want to use me to hold babies. He does. All right, so we would love, we would love to have you do that. But here's the thing. So many times we put limits on ourselves that God doesn't put on us. And you know what reality is? It's like this. When we think that way, that God can do all this stuff but he doesn't want to do it in me or he's not going to be able to do that with me because of my past or or whatever it is or what I think my limitations are, we're putting limits on God. And in reality, we're becoming like practical atheists here because we believe that God can perform miracles, but we're never expecting miracles in our own lives. We're never expecting miracles in our own lives or in the life of people that we're in contact with or we think that person is too far gone or we're never expecting miracles in our church. But guys, I, I, I think this. Faith that God can still do huge things is an action word. Faith that God can still do huge things and wants to do huge things is an action word. It's a verb. And um, I saw this at uh, when, where we were serving before the church we were at. Um, the pastor's daughter actually uh, was unable to conceive. And, and they had been, been uh, wanting to be parents for years and years and years and um, had... had um, Gone to doctors and, and everything, and, and the, the feedback that they got was, hey, this is going to be impossible. You guys, you guys really ought to look for adoption. You ought to look at adoption, which is a great, great option. It's awesome. But they just really felt in their heart like, hey, God is going is to give us a kid. I mean, this is going to happen. And um, here's the cool thing about the story. Um, it was so cool because she started going out and buying baby clothes. I mean, she wasn't pregnant. Doctors had said she couldn't get pregnant, but she believed that that's how God was leading. That was the desire God had put in her heart. That's what God told her was going to happen. She started buying baby clothes and baby carriers and all that kind of stuff and that baby is, has just celebrated her first Christmas. And it was so cool because she put her faith into action. Um, she didn't get so comfortable that she forgot that miracles are still, are still possible. You know, I think so many times We think, man, God wants to do all this stuff, but there's no way that he's going to do that with me. There's no way that he's going to do that impossible thing with me. And, you know, if God lays something on your heart, we're supposed to step out in action. We're supposed to do that. You know, um, and and I I was joking about the kid thing. If if that's how God is leading you, we'd love to have you. But I've had people come up to me and say, look, I, I, I didn't feel like this was my thing, but I got in here and I realized I'm used in like a huge way. I've, I've heard that in student ministry before. People come in and say, man, there's no way I didn't thought like I was supposed to do this, but God wouldn't leave me alone. But I stepped in and I started leading the small group or I, I started teaching these kids. And, and, and man, God has blessed me so much. And, you know, God rewards our faith that we put into action. So however God is leading you, we need to step out of our comfort zone and, and jump in to whatever God is leading us to do. He wants to do huge things, but, but that faith is also in action. Here's the cool thing about Mary, it was, so, it was critical that Mary not only believed that God could perform a miracle, but she also adjusted her life, um, she adjusted her life to what God had planned to do through her, because God wanted to bring salvation to all of humanity, and he wanted to use a normal, ordinary teenage girl to help him to do that, but the difference maker was her faith, and it was her obedience, and Mary adjusted her life to the fact that God wanted to use her to do the impossible, and that's just, it's just amazing. And here's the thing, do we really believe that God still wants to do that today? Because he is that same God, and he wants to do that. And if we do believe that, do we live our lives that way, that God still wants to do the impossible in us? Here's the next thing I want us to look at real quick. We said God wants to do the impossible in our relationship with him. Those two words, being with God, make just such a huge difference. But here's the other thing I think we see from the scripture today, is that nothing will be impossible in our circumstances. Nothing will be impossible. In our circumstances. You know, you know what our circumstances are, right? Our circumstances are, are all the realities of our everyday life. They're the realities of, of, of our life, the reality of those that we do life with. This is like our relationships, our family, uh, our work life, our problems that we have in our life. These are all our circumstances. And you know the cool thing is, is that God is big enough to handle all of our circumstances. I love that about him. It's that no matter how big my circumstances are, no matter how bad things are, God is, is big enough to handle anything that I throw to him. But the, the first thing is we've got to bring those things to him. And so I guess the question is, as you're looking at this new year, as you're looking at 2016 and we come out of Christmas, what is the big, tough thing that you're facing right now? What is the mountain in your life that needs to be moved? Is it sickness? Is it a financial problem? Is it fighting with your spouse? Is it problems with the kids? Is it a habit you just can't break? You know, what is that thing that you're facing right now? What is that mountain? You know what, guys? I mean, just to be totally honest, I've found that God can always handle those big mountains. God can always handle whatever it is that I throw at Him. But you know what the thing is? Is that so many times I'm the one who does the limiting. I'm the one who makes God smaller than He is. I'm the one who makes the things that seem impossible actually be impossible, because I never bring those things to Him. But what if we started looking at those things different what if we started looking at them through the lens of Luke 137 that nothing really is impossible to God how would that change the things that we hope for how would that change the things that we prayed for how would that change the way we viewed 2016 right if we started looking through it through that lens if we jump into scripture uh if we jump into scripture here we see that Mary had not only seen God work in her life she was also seeing it in the life of her relative Elizabeth too and if uh, uh, it, it, references, it references it there in the scripture that I read. But if you look at their story in chapter 1 there, uh, she was married to Zachariah. Zachariah um, was like a priest um, uh, there. And, um, and the Bible also tells us Elizabeth was related to Mary. And these guys, the scripture tells us, were obedient followers of God. Uh, they, were, they followed God. They served God. Um, but it also says that they were older and they didn't have any children. It says Elizabeth was barren. Um, So the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah first. He had been praying, so the Bible tells us, right, he's in church, right, he's there in church. Um, And and Gabriel appears to him and um, tells him what's getting ready to happen, and Zechariah doesn't believe, right? And, man, I thought about this, like, about how this relates to me. Like, how many times is it that, man, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. I mean, God, I want you to use me. I want you to do the impossible. But then God speaks or God presents an opportunity, and I just miss it. I just miss it either because I'm not really listening or I don't think he can do the thing, right? The, the, the way I'm feeling in my heart, I don't, I don't feel like God can do it or, or whatever, and I just miss it. And Zechariah missed it there. You can go read all about that in chapter 1 in Luke. But he totally missed that to the point that Gabriel said, because he said, look, God, this is great. You're going to give us a son. He's going to be John the Baptist. Um, you're going to give us this, but are you, this, are you serious? Are you sure you're at the right place because my wife's really old? Right, and uh, and so he's like, "Is this even possible?" And so Gabriel says, "Look, man, you totally missed it here. Uh, so you can't talk until John the Baptist is born." It's it's a cool story. You should go read it. And uh, he said, "You can't talk until John the Baptist is born." And so that happens. Zechariah questioned how could they could have a child, and because of his lack of faith, it resulted in in silence. It resulted in basically a punishment there. And, you know, I was thinking about Zechariah, and, and I was thinking about how that applied to my life. And so many times. We ask God to move, and we pray, and we, we lay our circumstances at his feet. We lay these mountains at his feet. We lay, you know, whether it's somebody that's, that's sick in our life, or if it's, a, if it's spouse issues, or if it's financial issues, if it's a job, we just hate, and we're wanting God to move us. And we lay all these things at God's feet. We lay them there, and then we get up, and we pick those things right back up again. And, you know, it, that's not faith. We're not leaving those things there. We're not letting God shoulder the burden of those things for us. And I think just like Zachariah, we live our life so many times without a sense of holy expectation for what God wants to do. I think the bottom line, guys, is, and honestly, I'm, I'm speaking to church people here. I'm one of you, right? We've shrunk God. We've shrunk God down into something that will fit into our head where we almost make the miraculous not possible anymore. And I think God still wants that in our lives. So what are we praying for? What miracle do you need in your life? What area do you need to see God provide a breakthrough? I think we need to lay those things at God's feet. And then I think we need to start waiting expectantly to see what God is going to do. We start waiting expectantly to see what God is going to do. We start watching and waiting in faith. And that is an action word. We start watching and waiting in faith to see how God is going to move. Because I still believe... Luke 1.37. I still believe that God wants to do great things in your relationship with him. He wants to do the impossible in your relationship with him. He wants to use you in amazing ways. He wants to change your circumstances. He wants to bring you closer to him and then use you to transform other people. God wants to do that in our church. He wants to do that in our ministries. He wants to see that happen. I'm convinced of that today. Jeremiah 32.27 says this. I love these verses that we're going to read here. I just love going back to Scripture to to back this stuff up. It's so awesome. Jeremiah 32, 27, God says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And I love this one because this is God basically kind of like throwing down the gauntlet saying, Guys, seriously, like really, I dare you almost to bring it to me and see if there's anything that I can't handle. Is there anything I can't solve? Is there anything too big for me? You know, when we're, when we're growing up, um, man, I, I had an awesome dad. I love my dad so much. Passed away a few years ago. But my dad was my hero, uh, still is my hero. Look up to him in so many ways. And when I was a kid, though, you know, man, my dad was just it for me, right? Just huge, big, scary, Intimidating. There's nothing that he can't do, right? My dad could whip your dad, you know. We all think that, right? We all have that kind of kind of deal, right? And we, you know, I, I see that we have that kind of deal with our fathers, right? We have this look uh, about, man. There's there's nothing my 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 dad can't do, um, and then we grow up and we realize, you know, I, I get to be that age and I realize, you know what, man. My dad was facing the same struggles that I'm facing today. And my dad had limitations like I had. He had limited resources and he, he had flaws or he had areas, you know, that, that he was working on in his relationship with God. And we, we realize that as we get older, right? That there's, there's limitations that's there. But what I love is the fact that nothing is too big for our Heavenly Father. There's nothing too big that we can't bring to God. There are no limitations for Him. It truly is, Luke 137, for nothing will be impossible with God. Where we have limitations and where our mind gets a little small about what God not want to do, God does not have those limitations at all. It's not true of him. I love this next verse, and if it's not highlighted in your Bible, it should be. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, says this. I love this verse. Now to him who is able to do far, um, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. And this is huge. This is huge. I love this verse. I love this verse. You know, a lot of us have pretty big imaginations, and we can dream up big things, and we can think big things, and we can make big plans. You know, and sometimes I think we really limit God because when it comes to the things of God, we don't think big things, and we don't make big plans, and we don't dream big dreams. But I think God still wants us to do this. I think God still wants us to, to seek him back. God, what is that thing that you want to do? What is that thing that you want to stretch me? How do you want to use me here at Calvary? How do you want to use me in my family? How do you want to use me in my job? God, what do you want to do in my life? What is that impossible thing that you want to make possible? And when that happens, I'll make sure I give you all the credit for what's going on. And I'll make sure I praise you for what you're doing. Guys, I think we need to to have high hopes. I think we need to set big goals with God's direction and follow those things in faith. God basically says, think of the greatest thing that you can think of that I could do in your life. And that's how I think we need to approach life. He is a capable father. He's able to turn the impossible into possible in in our lives. And here's the thing. What I've experienced in my life is that when I think I've got the plan and when I think I've come up with something awesome and when I think I know my steps, God always has a way that's better. And God's way always blows my way out of the water. And so, guys, I just want to challenge us as a church just to be open to what God has for us, to where God is taking us, what God wants to do in your life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says this. says this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches that he has for us. You know, and, and we think about this, and we think about, man, the, my circumstances are just too big. The financial hole I'm in is too bad. My marriage is too messed up. My kids are a wreck. You know, God, what can you do here? And what's amazing is, God can do huge things when we come to him in faith. God wants to do huge, huge things. So why do we doubt? Why do we doubt if he says he can supply any need that we have? Why do we doubt? Why do we struggle with this? Why do we why do we not believe in big Ephesians 3:20 type goals? Why do we live like Luke 137 is not applicable to us anymore? Because the thing is, we'll never set a goal so big, or we'll never attempt a task. So great or so significant that God doesn't have something far greater in his life for us. But you know what I think happens? I think so many times we get caught up in just the the normal part of life that's not bad, right? We get caught up in taking kids to ball practice and going to work and making dinner and balancing checkbooks and doing all those kind of things that I think we lose the hugeness, I don't know if that's a word or not, we can look at that later, Okay? But we, usually, we lose the hugeness of what God wants to do in our life. We, we lose the fact that he still wants to do miracles. We attempt good things, and we do good things, right? And we, we come to church, and we sing, and we give, and we do all these great things. But maybe that's not all God wants to do in our lives. Maybe we've set a cap for ourselves that God didn't want us to set, and maybe he wants something bigger for us. Here's the thing, until we've heard from God, we can't even imagine all the things that he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives and in the lives of those around him. And so I, my challenge for us is this, my challenge for me, and maybe, maybe this message is just more for me than, than anybody else, but my challenge for myself is this, God, what what is it in my life, where do you want to take me in 2016, in my personal life with you, in my walk with you, where do you want to take me that I've not been? What level do you want to take me to? And then, God, how do you want to use me to impact those around me? What circumstances in my life do you want to change? And, God, I want you to use me. I want you to direct me. I want you to adjust my circumstances. God, I don't want to shrink you any longer. I want you to do the impossible in my life. And maybe that's somebody else that's here today, too. For God to make the impossible possible in our lives. But I think to, for that to happen, we've got to set aside our own agendas. We've got to set aside our own goals, no matter how lofty they are. You know, all the things that we think we want to accomplish. We've never got to be, we, we, we never uh, need to be satisfied with our own dreams because they're finite at best. And here's the awesome thing, and this is going to come up on the screen. What I love about God, and we go, Jason, what's the difference, right? Because I've got these goals, you know, how do I know, how do I know that, that this is of God or this is not of God and this is you know, directing me? Here's the cool thing. I think we see a lot of times that God moves in ways that are unpredictable and uncontrollable. God moves in ways that are unpredictable and uncontrollable. I read a great book, and as we were as we were walking through things in the year leading up to us co- coming to Calvary, and we knew that God was directing us in some way, and um, it was about vocational ministry, and we were praying, and we'd even had our house up for sale, and we were just looking for what God had for us, and um, man, it was a confusing time and, and, and we weren't sure how God was leading us and uh, the kids were about to kill us, you know, because we were having house showings and all this kind of stuff, right? And we went, God, what do you have for us? But we were reading this book and we did it in our small group and it's called The Circle Maker and it's, it's talking a lot about prayer and in that is, is part of these, these two words where this kind of came up, but it's talking about praying prayers and, and, and asking God to do something unpredictable and uncontrollable. And you know what's, what's so cool about this is when you look through scripture, when God moves, right, it's, it's always in a way that's unpredictable and uncontrollable. When God worked in Mary's life in the scripture we read today, it was unpredictable and it was uncontrollable. Her job was to say yes, to be walking with in relationship with God and then to say yes when he asked her to do something. With Zechariah and Elizabeth, it was something unpredictable and uncontrollable. In fact, they missed it whenever God sit Gabriel there, right? He's standing there. You go, how do you miss it when an angel's standing there? But he missed it, right? You know, I think we should be praying that, God, I, I want you to shake me up this year in 2016. God, I want you to do something unpredictable and uncontrollable in my life. And you know what the thing is? I was thinking about this. Our circumstances that we think are so big and are so huge and that God can never move, right? I'm thinking about a co-worker that I work with at, at Oak Ridge National Lab and somebody who I know is lost, right, and, and doesn't have a relationship with God, and, and I caught myself thinking, like, going um, went through a really difficult time right now, and some sickness with his spouse, and, and I caught myself thinking, well, God, I just, you know, I, I just really, I hope that you'll comfort him, he's not a believer, I just hope that you'll comfort him, you know, through this time, because this is really rough, and you know what I started thinking, was like, I've shrunk God in this circumstance, because I didn't think, in my mind, I'm already thinking, there's no way this guy's ever going to become a but you know what I need to be praying? I need to be praying for his soul. And I need to be praying that God will open up a door for me to share Christ with him, right? And I think so many times we look at our circumstances, our relationships, our finances, whatever those things are, and we look at those things and we look at them through our lens of what we can do as human beings and how we can think instead of what miraculous God wants to do through those things. What unpredictable and uncontrollable thing does God want to do in my relationships? What does he want to do in my circumstances? What does he want to do in our church here at Calvary? I've realized that in my life, like I said, when I've experienced a move of God in my life, it's always been in a way that was unpredictable and it was uncontrollable. And it's changed my life, it's changed my circumstances, it's been in the church, and it's been when I let go and I got out of the way and I laid aside my own hashtag goals and I started following what God had. And you know when it usually is? It's usually when I'm at the end of my rope And I can't do anything else. And I realize all my plans have failed. Everything I've tried has not worked. And it's when I finally lay those things down and just walk in total dependence on God. And that's when I've seen him move in huge ways in my life. And when we follow God's direction, we'll witness those things happening in our life as well. Things that can only be explained by his powerful presence in our lives. So here's the question today. And it's the last thing here, and we're gonna we're gonna close up and um, those kids stuff people will be really happy because I'm, I'm letting you out a little bit early. Um, what does making the impossible possible mean for us? What does making the impossible possible mean for you? As we look at 2016 and we come out of Christmas and, and, and we, just, we see the miracle that is Christmas, right? And, and we, we really get into scripture and see what God did, just something unpredictable and uncontrollable. What is that area in your life that God is wanting to do something as, as, as the word's been shared today, and, and, and we're speaking here today, and, and you just go, man, God, I, is this you? Are, you? are you telling me to do this? You're really asking me to go serving kid stuff every week, aren't you? No, I'm just kidding. That's not it. Um, maybe it is. I'll be happy to talk to you. But whatever that thing is, maybe it's to go to a new level in your relationship with him. Maybe it's to be used in service in a way that you've not been used. Maybe it's to give in a way that you've never been given before. But I'll tell you this can almost 100% say that if it's not something that stretches you and pushes you to do something maybe you've not done before, something that's uncomfortable, something that's new, maybe something that's different, you know, I just question, "Is is this just me, and is this keeping me comfortable, or is this something that God is really telling me to do, and I just would challenge you, man, see God's face, what is that thing in your life, what is the impossible that God wants to make possible in your life? You know, I kind of said this earlier, but mine this year is to be, as I was going through this, this preparation for this and looking at this scripture and looking at Luke one thirty seven, looking at Ephesians 3.20, man, my goal is to not be satisfied with anything less than God doing something that can only be explained by his powerful presence in my life. I don't want to shrink down what God has for me this year. I want to seek after him with everything I have. I want to run with everything i have after him i want to give all that i can give i want to be used in a way i want to be used to help make the impossible possible i want to do something i want to be involved in something that can only be explained by his powerful presence listen in your life you can do a lot of good things right you can do a lot of good things in your circumstances with the people that you meet you can do a lot of good things here at calvary you can do a lot of good things man, I want God to take us to a level where it's the miraculous. We see the miraculous going on. We see something that can only be explained by God intervening, us being obedient to him, doing something unpredictable controlling, and, and, and uncontrollable, and us just saying yes to whatever it is that God has in our life. Bottom line is I want to live my life in a way that makes the impossible possible and believes that God wants to make the impossible possible. Let's bow our heads up. God, we're so thankful for for you. God, we we love you so much. Um, God, I love your word. i love to to jump in your word and just let you speak to us. God, and and as this verse really just jumped out at me just about a month ago. And God, you've been dealing with me about this. God, I pray for each and every person here at Calvary that's here today that that gets into your word and and hears this, this piece of scripture, God. For with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing will be impossible with God. God, that is a, that's a game changer and that's a, that's a life changer. God, help us to live our lives in such a way in our relationship with you that, that we really believe that, that we walk that way each and every day. God, that you want to use us to do the impossible. God, that you want to use us to do big things, God-sized things, not Jason-sized things, <laughs> not, not something that, that we're used to doing, but God, something that, that's just new and something different. God, some way that you're pushing us um, God, that you would just make us open to whatever that is. And God, in our circumstances, the mountains that we're facing, the mountains that our family members may be facing, God, the, the mountains that some in our church family may be facing, God, that we would trust you, that you've got big enough shoulders. God, you're, you're big enough that you want to use these circumstances for your glory. But God, that we can bring those things to you and that you will supply all of our needs. God, that we would look at our circumstances that way. And then finally, God, that it, it, we as a church, that we would we would look that way um, in our community, God, that we would we would be that way uh, to those around us, that we would look at the impossible as being possible, because you've put us here, God. You have you've used Calvary uh, in such a great way over so many years, decades and decades and decades. Uh, God, that you've used the folks at Calvary, and God, we're just praying that you would continue to do so. God, continue to make the impossible possible here. Continue to help us to see the miraculous happen here. Continue to help us see lives changed here, God. Move us, direct us to where we need to be so that we can be used by you. God, our hearts cry this year as we think about our goals. God is that we think about, we want to be used by you in a mighty way. And God, we want to be something, uh, we want to see something happen that can only be explained by your powerful presence in and through us. God, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. We love you so much.